guys, welcome to Rankin' Vile, the podcast ranking every horror movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? Well, I'm recovering from a surgery that I'm not going to get too, uh, too into detail mm-hmm. in, it- except that it involved basically... Uh, trenching a part of my body and sewing it to make a new uh, part of my body. So really, this this is this doubly answers uh, how's your week going and what ghoul shit have you been up to lately? Like, <laughs> yeah, that body is... horror. Literal dealing with my body healing together and two pieces of myself being stitched together that are actively trying to unstitch themselves. This sounds like a Saw film. Like, this is uh, a level of, like, th- th- there, there are certain moments when you become really aware of, like, how fragile the human body really is in a way I really don't appreciate. Yeah, we're we're all just, like, hanging on a thin thread. The Sword of Damocles looms <laughs> over all of us. Yeah, glass, glass bones and paper skin. Um... Yeah, this week, honestly, I uh, I've had like two job interviews in the last week, and so I'm. Uh, it's this weird thing where I feel like uh, w- when I'm when I'm stressed out, I've realized that I watch really really garbage movies as a coping mechanism. Um, I rewatched every Saw movie uh, this last week while working, and those movies, uh, Quincy, have you seen all of them? No, I stopped watching at I think four or five. Oh, that's which where is you the one stop. where the girl from the first movie becomes Saw. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> becomes uh, Mr. Saw. I think that's Saw two. Yeah, where Amanda is revealed. That's Saw like, two. <laughs> My God, yeah. what did they do for the rest of them? Then? It's so much. And the where thing do is, they go the... from there? That's like the most <laughs> they can do. <laughs> Uh, they, it's, it gets, it gets very bad. Um, honestly. There's one of them, though, it can't be Saw 2. That can't be the last one I saw, because there's one of them where, like, they do that reverse bear trap, but with someone's rib cage and just, like, oh, yeah, that was, shit out of them. that was a Saw 3 with, uh, Dina Meyer's character, which, My honestly. God, I've <laughs> only seen the first three of, like, 18 Saw movies. It's just a lot. So the one that just came out, like, this last weekend, uh, Spiral, colon, from the Book of Saw, which, by the way, I've heard is pretty good. I mean, comparatively speaking, like, we're, we're grading on a very, very steep curve. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, anything is better than, like, Saw 5. Um, but Spiral, colon, from the Book of Saw, uh, which is the ninth in the series, and I've heard it's pretty good, but it's all... I, I, I really hate the title because, like, the book of Saw? What the fuck are you it's talking the about? <laughs> the, the Saw playbook. Books don't exist in this universe. It's just shitty bathrooms and grime and medical equipment. That's all Have we're I doing. Have I ever told you about how I saw the first Saw movie? No. So that movie came out in the fall of 04, 04. Mm-hmm. I want to say. Um, so I... My my birthday, like yours, is in November, and that uh-huh. movie came out in like September, October for the Scorpio Halloween. rise up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was not eighteen, and my local movie theater actually enforced. Well, it, okay. So I don't know if this is like this for any of our listeners. If it is, please send us an email, rankinvilecast at gmail dot com. But in Tennessee, it is actually illegal to sell a ticket. 
to a minor for an R-rated movie. Really? The restricted is a is a legal uh, decision. Even if your mom and pop are like, "Yep, we want our kid to go see Saw." Only if your mom. So so yes, you can get your mom and pop to to sign. That's how I saw Shadow of the Vampire with my father and <laughs> wished I could sink. Through the floor. <laughs> oh, oh, but I'm, I, the thought of watching Shadow of the Vampire with my folks, like, I would rather die. Please, Actually, it was not me. nearly as bad as when I saw Enemy at the Gates and oh. Rachel Weisz is crying because Jude Law's penis is so large. It's so big and they're fucking in like a sleeping bag on the floor. <laughs> How how many uh, of our generation watched that with our dads, <laughs> unaware that that was going to happen? Oh, I mean, it's a I pure can't dad. Be the only one. No, it's a pure dad movie. Enemy at the Gates. Like this is, you know what it is? It's this is where kids who are playing Rainbow Six at land parties and your dad who reads like Michael Crichton. This is how you can bond. Um, but wait, so all right, so how? So you saw soft, uh, the original saw in theaters? We bought a ticket to the Grudge and tried to ah. sneak into the into saw classic so after the ticket taker tore our ticket stubs and didn't you know probably we weren't slick because we bought tickets for a movie that didn't start for 30 minutes and went ahead and went in (laughs) the perfect crime i'm picturing like the italian job set up for this where it's like the point man the driver and it's just like four kids with acne being like can we have can we have tickets to go see the willy wonka remake And it's yeah. So we sneak into the theater that's playing Saw to watch the last ten minutes of the movie. Whoa! So wait, you watched the twist first? <laughs> I watched the twist first, but I found out very quickly it was the twist. So then started to just stare at my sneakers on the floor so I wouldn't ruin it. And at this point, I thought we can't turn back the dais cast. We'll mm-hmm. just wait for the next showing. Oh, yeah. But yeah. as we were doing that, uh, the uh, it, <laughs> the employees came into the theater with the, the like, the flashlights. Oh, you know, yeah. The movie theater flashlights. Yeah, the big fucking And we were lights. just like, well, we got to go to the bathroom. And then we went to go watch The Grudge and, and watch that instead. <laughs> That's, see, this is honestly, uh, as somebody who worked, uh, that was like my first job was working at an AMC theater when I was like 14. I truly did not care about, like, as long as nobody was actually fucking in the theater, it's like, if, if there are kids sneaking into a place. I remember the first one I ever snuck into when I was 16 was uh, Freddy vs. Jason, um, and that was in 2003, and I remember it was, I, I forget what the movie was, because we had, it was me and my friend Don at the time, uh, and we pulled basically the same maneuver. I, you know what, in retrospect, great experience, great seeing that, <laughs> great seeing Freddy vs. Jason in the theater. My little new metal loving ass was just having an absolute ball watching uh, the most 2003 movie that ever 2003. Did you know, speaking of the most 2003 movie to ever 2003, did you know that there's a special feature on the Freddy vs. Jason uh, two-disc DVD set <laughs> that's just the kills? You could just watch everyone being killed, and you can even click a random kill, and it'll just present to you someone being murdered in that movie i mean it's beautiful honestly i had it on uh standard definition dvd uh when i was a uh, uh like like years ago 
Um, the, the the special features now, if you listen to like the director's commentary, every like it's it sounds the entire production process sounds like everybody was completely turned on four loco, and <laughs> just making making a motion picture. It was it was completely insane. There's a book about the process that actually collects all of the screenplays. Have you have you heard of this? Oh yeah. The thing is, the screenplays, and I think we've talked about this on the show before. The, there's a screenplay that was all, that was like being seriously considered that was like a legal drama for Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> where like, yeah, but like yeah. Dustin McNeil put out Slash of the Titans, uh, the road to Freddy versus Jason. Fuck yeah! And I think the the bravest thing that uh, McNeil has done is he read screenplays Man. in order to put them together in a manuscript. Braver Hachi than machi. any U.S. Marine, that guy. I mean, that's that's the thing is like in the in the 90s, I was all over like horror fans loved writing fan scripts for Freddy vs. Jason because it was in development hell uh, for like a decade after Jason goes to hell. Uh, And there were so many fucking scripts that you would read on like Jeff's horror shack on GeoCities or whatever. Um, It was it was a worse time in those days. Yeah. Well, one of the hugest issues is New Line would not relinquish the uh the profits they're like if oh, we yeah. distribute they're like we will distribute the movie and uh i can't remember who holds jason i think that's warner brothers or something yeah it's it, i'm pretty sure it's warner brothers because mortal Kombat is lousy with warner brothers characters and yeah jason was in that their uh mkx game um, you know, Mortal Kombat with its uh, Bugs Bunny <laughs> and the uh, the electricity gremlin from Gremlin. <laughs> Spider Gremlin. They're, yeah, they're all in the mix. Um, speaking of a character that needs to be in a Mortal Kombat game, let's dig into uh, the movie we're doing for this week. Possibly, too, if we have time. Uh, the Dentist from 1996. You know what? Add the dentist, uh, the titular dentist to Mortal Kombat. Could be fun. Um, you know, it's it's... Not any worse than if they added Hugh Morris to a game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's now the the dentist, which is directed or uh, it's is it produced by Brian Yesner or directed directed by, by Yesner? God damn, uh, he's a pretty decent director. I mean, mm-hmm. I I would argue that his produced movies are more notable. Uh, but and and also Stuart Gordon did took a pass at this screenplay too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Stuart Gordon and Brian Yasna, who are sort of the the poncho and lefty of gross out horror, um, they this movie uh, apparently started out uh, a little bit more ambitious uh, character wise. It it revolves around uh, a dentist named Doctor Feinstein who is driven by a few things. One of them is cleanliness. The other one is getting cucked. Uh, the other one <laughs> is being really salty about how nobody likes dentists. Uh, he's he wears a lot of wears a lot of hats. Um, so we have to talk about how. Well, first of all, I fucking hate this movie. Oh. It is the worst. Oh, it's it is god awful. And the reason uh, why I hate it is because it is rated R for quote dental torture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rated R for dental torture. Um, and this movie. Uh, I feel like it was sort of. I'm, I'm entirely sure that this movie got made the way Vince McMahon came up with the uh, character of evil dentist Isaac Yankum, um, which is just like, hey, I had to go to the dentist today. That really sucked. Hey, wait a minute. What if I made a movie? And then, you know, through <laughs> movie magic, they're going to address this issue. 
Um, the, I will say, the guy who plays Dr. Feinstein the dentist is pretty good in the role. Like, Yeah, he's, he, he really he commits it. to being an evil dentist that pokes people with that metal pokey thing that all dentists <laughs> use. Yeah, which also... Now, I actually don't have super bad associations with dentists. Like, my teeth are a little fucked up, and like, but not too bad. Uh, and I've, I think I've just been really lucky and had a lot of pretty good dentists. I really miss my dentist in LA. Uh, cause we, we sort of moved out to the country in California at the, the start of the pandemic. And I'm probably going to make a day trip purely to drive there. Uh, just to, just to have this one specific dentist. Uh, but Dr. Feinstein, now he lives in the biggest mansion in the world in Beverly Hills, but it's also the, it, like... Quincy, I can't believe that this movie came out in 1996 because this is 1988 everywhere. Yes. <laughs> like. It, it, it has to be that this was left over from. I mean, I would not be surprised if this is Stuart Gordon's house from the reanimator money. <laughs> yeah, we've got like the pink marble and the brass fixtures and the glass block walls all over the place. Like, this looks like a y this looks like a fancy YMCA in 1988. And uh, Dr. Feinstein, we, you know, we open up with the dentist talking to the camera, uh, and presumably it's the dentist talking to somebody who's in his dentist chair, and he's like, what? My story? Well. And he starts to go into the thing, and we get the title card, and it's like, no, no one is asking their dentist to fucking talk to them while they're getting dentisted upon. Like, this yeah. is... Yeah, I tell you, the best thing to do is one of the most recent inventions in modern dentistry is putting a TV over the dentist chair with Netflix on it. See, now we're talking. Because, yeah. Because if I'm getting a filling done and I get the goofy gas, what I definitely (laughs) want to watch is someone boondoggling um, a house made out of a shipping container. (laughs) Because that's the only time that that's worth watching is when you're. When you're oh yeah, that's exactly knocked like, up on on the goofy gas. Yeah, if you're if you're fucking honkled on laughing gas, that's <laughs> that's when you're like, hey, what what was that show about the glass blowing? And then you can just yeah focus on that instead of the excruciating pain of having like your your grill uh, getting drilled. Um, grill drill. Uh, he is so grill or driller a, would have been a better name for this movie. <laughs> the, I would watch the grill or driller. Um, it's it's it, really a decade too early for grill or driller, <laughs> yeah, starring compl- Paul Wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's like it's a grill. Okay, so wait, is the grill or driller like his grill has little drills in them? <laughs> no, and, he he fucks up people's grills. Like he targets oh, people's grills. So he goes after or, people or maybe specifically it's like with a killer condom. Like it's the grill that's doing the drilling, and like <laughs> you snap it on to be you know a goof, and then it just like. Drills oh. into your teeth and won't come off. Speaking of saw, that sounds like a saw trap. Like you get like uh, a, a retainer or something with drills facing in that dr- like <laughs> dig into your gums or whatever. You um, refused to <laughs> cover your retainer with a napkin on your lunch tray, and now you must. Hello, hello, Jeremy. You you didn't floss twice a day like you said you were going to. And here's by the way, so fucking side note here. Uh, the most annoying thing about those Saw films is the fucking moralizing from Jigsaw. Like, everything he says, he sounds like such a shitty boomer for yeah, so much yeah. of it. Like, oh, you're looking at your phone too much, and that's why you're in a pit full of dead pigs or whatever. It's just like, <laughs> you know, and it's also super, like, moral majority where it's like, 
you you do heroin, and that's why I'm gonna fucking put a bear trap on your head. Where it's just like, uh, or they could go to fucking rehab, John Kramer. Like maybe <laughs> maybe you don't have to torture the shit out of people. Um, but Doctor Feinstein has a wife, and boy does he have a wife. And she, I think her job is lounging in a bathrobe. Yeah, pretty much. Did you know that the other day I met a person who has never seen Borat, and and I made a my wife joke, and she's like, I don't know what that is, and. Oh no! Oh man! That it was be... it was so it was such a pure moment. I was like really blessed to know this human being. How did that? That's the, did somebody burp the Tupperware they were in for like <laughs> two decades? Like that's you know that's got to be like I was about to say mortifying to be like my wife, and then somebody's like, "What the fuck? Are you, what are you talking about?" And then having to be like, "Oh, Borat," he says, "My wife." Like, but then I'm like, you know what? My wife is funny enough on its own that if you're questioning it, the problem lies with you. I think. <laughs> um, you should just you should just accept this reality that my wife, um, his wife, uh, his wife uh, <laughs> is uh, stooping the pool boy. Now I do feel like in the late '80s, mid '90s, culturally, we were having a moment with the cultural anxiety uh, that everybody's wife was getting uh, fucked by the pool guy. Why the pool guy? Like, what is the semiotic significance <laughs> of pool guy? Is it oh. because you spend so much money on this money pit of a pool mm-hmm. and you have to keep it maintained and you just can't fucking do it yourself so you hire someone else and then that <laughs> someone else reaps the benefit of your your labor? Yeah, you're just having like nightmares about getting your dick chopped off of the pool skimmer. The thing is, maybe, all right, so I, I, I just thought about this, and I'm wondering if what it is, is, so you know how uh, horror, you know, responds to uh, social anxieties, and uh, culturally, it's, it's, it's addressing what everybody's nervous about. Maybe what it is, is that uh, because of the economic uh, boom for rich people in the 1980s, because of Reaganism, maybe, you know, the fear was some working class Joe that looks like Otto the bus driver. They always look like fucking Otto the bus driver, the pool guys, but it's like, like oh no. That it's that guy in Anthrax that's not Scott Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's honestly, for me, it's like Scott Ian and the other one. So um, I, recently I picked up uh, One in the Crowd, and my favorite thing about that album is the band photo, mm-hmm. how no one in Anthrax is like, you know, it, because a lot of metal and especially like crossover hardcore turned into like bros that lifted weights. Like, oh, for sure. You know, we always think about Danzig and the Misfits and like... Henry, Henry Rollins. We, yeah, and like Rick to life, all I do is drink water and pump iron. <laughs> right. But I deeply love and respect how in the 80s uh anthrax was a little chubby yeah they were all they those were... guys are just like we're a little doughy you know what playing that's that's what it is of the big four thrash bands i feel that anthrax those are the guys you would actually want to chill with um like slayer looks it's it's a lot metallica is too much like i definitely don't want to fucking have a drink with dave mustaine because i'll start probably talking about like QAnon. But, yeah, good for them for being a little bit chubby uh, in the 1980s when everybody else around them is just fucking constantly working out. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely jacked. Um, now, the pool guy here, again, looks like Otto the fucking bus driver. Like, he looks like he plays in a White Snake cover band on the weekend when he's not skimming pools. Um, and he is just covered in shit for some reason. 
uh, as he's he's like cleaning the pool, and the dentist comes out to you know berate this guy and be like, "Oh, this job should have been done five minutes ago," and he's just yelling at him. And then he notices that the guy looks like he has just dry fucked a Hershey's bar. Um, <laughs> he's his... like, "There's there's a lot of shit. You got to clean this thing out." <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, is that a thing that happens with pools? Is like gross brown matter? Like, they can get kind of scummy, but I don't think that you're walking away looking like you've been doused in old motor oil. Um, but this kicks off uh, Dr. Feinstein's, uh, one of his many driving factors, which is, uh, you know, cleansing the filth, you know, like he's, because he's a dentist, see, and he wants to uh, cl- clean things. Uh, but his, so his wife is getting deep dicked by the pool guy, and this causes his mind to snap. Yeah, and, and the rest of the movie is him processing his cuckoldry cuckoldness cuckoldry cuckoldry yeah there we go uh by torturing people in the dentist chair yeah but it's also incredible because when he sees uh his wife and the pool guy fucking they are both covered in grime and they're laughing at like they're laughing and like wiping it on each other's skin while fucking and it's just this entire movie is like a scathing parody of heterosexuality in a way I really, really love. <laughs> um, but like, even before we get to the fucking dental torture, Dr. Feinstein is the worst man who's ever lived. Oh yeah, he's the dirt worst. And he's like, there, there's this whole plot about he's he's got to do his taxes. And the guy that his uh, CPA is like, if you give me free dental work... Like, the the good dental work, I'll make your tax problems go away. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And this guy, he's uh, played by the uh, Dr. Silberman from the first two Terminator movies, which, you know, I'm I'm pleased to have seen this guy in something else. Like, he only ever plays, like, bureaucratic wieners in a way I really like. Um, I love also that Dr. Feinstein has a pearl-handled revolver because he's a fancy bitch. Um, And with (laughs) his revolver... Yeah, and he fantasizes about killing the pool guy, and I wrote this line down. He yells uh, during this fantasy, That is my wife! You know what that means? She has a perfect bite! Which, like, (laughs) all right, Feinstein, she has a perfect bite. I guess that's exciting for him. Um, This movie also features baby Mark Ruffalo. And Ken Faree. Ken fucking Faree, who uh, is one of the, the Brian Yuzna players, I think. Uh, he was in uh, From Beyond, you know, like he's, there's, there's a yuznacity, yuznaness to this movie that is just like, I feel like I could have told you without Googling it or seeing the credits that this was made by people who made Reanimator and From Beyond. And uh, Society. <laughs> also Society, which is another thing about rich people. Um we are shooting dogs in this movie. Dr. Feinstein uh, goes, what is it? He goes to a, another patient's house to lurk in the backyard for reasons? Yeah, he's just creeping. And he's like, okay, I'll kill a dog. And, yeah. um, you know, I kind of respect this movie for going, you know, it's not all going to be drills and the pokey thing for the dentist. What yeah. is that called? I think oh. it's just called, like, the scraper or... That shit that everyone hates. Like, the I jabber. think dentists are just like, hand me that shit that everyone hates, nurse. <laughs> hand me my shiv. And they just jab you in the fucking <laughs> mouth with it. Yeah, I don't... I, I assume it's something, like, innocuous, but it really should be, like, the impaler or something. 
Like they should just speaking admit. of, we got to talk about this dental torture in this movie. It's the dirt hi. fucking worst. Hi, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, of course, you know if you've seen a Brian Yuzna movie or a Stuart Gordon movie, you you you, you come to expect a certain. Uh, level of quality in the practical effect, and it is no different in the movie The Dentist. And uh, it's really rather clever because all they have to do is show the actor opening his or her mouth, and then they just cut to fake teeth, and then they can do whatever they want. Well, yeah, and this movie has direct stabbing of the gums, it has a which I believe was a fake tooth and a real dental drill and just grinding the tooth to a fine dust. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a little, a little stump. Uh, I mean, the overhead on this movie must have been like, I mean, what else would they even be spending money on? Like maybe renting out places in Beverly Hills, but you really see where all the money in this movie went. It wasn't for the script. Uh, It is, (laughs) they, for so much of this movie, it's just they uh, had made huge fucking models of uh, human mouths and then filmed it sort of normally to make it look like all of this is happening super, super zoomed in on a normal mouth. Um, we are, Not only are we shooting dogs in this motion picture, we are mutilating children. Uh, there's... Yeah, and he's like... So, so he stabs a child in the mouth, and fortunately the child's mom is like, no one stabs my child and gets away with it, <laughs> and picks him up and leaves. But like his response is... You shouldn't have moved. That child was wiggling too much. It was incredible, actually, because, yeah, he's, like, distracted because he's thinking about his his wife getting stripped by the pool guy. And he's just, like, super intense, and he just goes, and just, like, stabs this kid in the mouth. And then has the gall to be flustered and, like, blame the kid for being a wiggler. Like, ah, he just, he was antsy. I, I stabbed your fucking kid. What are you going to do about it? Like, he's... Um, this guy's psyche collapses like a card table pretty much instantly. It is flimsier than an ottoman made out of dry spaghetti noodles. Like, it is just, it, it, it is, it is a candy floss hammock. It is just... His, his ego is flimsier than a wet uh, house of cards. Yeah, it's just, it melts instantly. Uh, and he... Now, we also, Mark Ruffalo's character, who is just a baby, like, he looks like he has, like, new person skin, uh, and he is a piece of shit, but he uh, has a girlfriend there who's basically sort of a Marilyn Monroe XP, uh, and, you know, he's hanging out in the waiting room. He asks another one of the guests who's a young girl to, like, runway model walk for him. She's a child. She is a child who's excited because she's getting her braces taken off. Key Reist. Uh, Yeah, and he's like, you know, oh, you should, like, runway walk for me because I'm a talent agent and my girlfriend who's a model is in there and I'm, I I guess, nobody's looking at my dick for, like, the next 15 minutes, so that's a real problem. Do you want a runway walk for me? If anybody asks, I don't, look, I know that he looks like Mark Ruffalo, but if a guy asks you to do that, just instantly stab him in the throat and run. Um, But he, uh, so his girlfriend is in there and she, now there, trigger warning here, uh, uh, folks, if you don't want to listen to a thing about um, sexual assaults or attempted sexual assault, uh, fast forward by about a minute. Um, He starts hallucinating while he's working on the Marilyn Monroe lady. He starts to, like, grope her while doing dentistry, and then, she, you know, she's, like, zonked out on laughing gas the entire time. 
and then she comes to realizes something is amiss and that he's been like tripping balls and hallucinating and assaulting her. It's it's a lot. Uh, I will say, God damn it, Brian Yuzna! Like, why did this? Why did this have to be in there? Yeah, it. I think it's also uh, annoying because the uh, dental hygienist through the whole film is like something screwy is going on. I've got mm-hmm. to solve this this crime. What's happening? Yeah, and like she doesn't get to rescue this character, uh, so yeah. it also unintentionally has a really weird commentary on women not helping women oh this movie's got it's, it's got something it's kind of trying to say and then it just like it eats it and swallows it and forgets um the now the thing is it also doesn't make sense to me because like this dentist should not be horned at this moment because he sees the hallucinated like grease all over her, uh, the marilyn monroe lady he should be repulsed, and why is he... Like, if he's repulsed by the, the grime, like, why why is he horned up about this? This is not... It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, yeah. There, so, yeah. So, basically, the rest of this movie is just... He sees teeth, he says, dirty, and, like, it, they do the thing where you, you see what the teeth normally look like. They're, like, perfectly good teeth, and then they, like, put on bad, like witch teeth that you get out of a, a bubblegum machine in right. front of the laundromat. And then he's like, oh no, the bad teeth. I'll drill ah. them all. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. Now, not only is he cuck guy, uh, dirt guy, and um, dentist guy, he's also opera guy. He needs to fucking pick a thing. Like, before you leave the house, take off, like, two things about you as a character. Um, and he just keeps putting on opera and talking about opera. I, I don't need that shit in my motion picture. Thank you. Um, and he, uh, what tortures the shit out of his wife and like plucks out all of her teeth. Um, the, and he, the most boomer moment from Dr. Feinstein is that when the, uh, uh, the auto, the bus driver looking pool guy calls him man, he gets super angry when he calls him man and is like, I am a doctor don't man and it's just like i don't know why like boomer dudes get super head up if somebody they don't like who's younger than them calls them man or dude yeah, it's a real bummer uh, yeah um it's it's a lot now what's also weird to me is that dr feinstein is uh he says stuff like ah, i'm an instrument of hygiene and perfection and then his wife's mouth just looks like a jack-o'-lantern somebody made in the dark yeah like, he just like yeets the teeth across the street <laughs> Yeah, like, and I love that all the other women in this movie, by the way, are just, like, everybody is constantly talking about the the naked animal magnetism of Otto the bus driver, the pool guy. Like, there is nothing to do in this uh, Beverly Hills suburb but get dentally tortured and fuck the pool guy. Um, working for Dr. Feinstein has to suck. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very clear that it sucks. The receptionist is unhappy. The... Dental hygienist is actively trying to, you know, get him, catch him in uh, the act of murdering. It's a, uh, it's a real pain. Well, it's it's working there. It's like a drawing room comedy where like he's constantly like Scooby doing in and out of rooms, torturing people, and all of his aides and assistants are just like, "What's going on?" And it's just like. 
I don't know. It, it involves so much. It's like musical chairs, but for dental torture. Uh, it's and like working for him has to be like working for Nicolas Cage in Vampire's Kiss. Like all this dude does is verbally uh, abuse his employees and torture people. Yeah. Also, uh, like a lot of other movies of this era, uh, rich dude who has an office that he's able to just like full hedonistic go on a bender. Uh, yeah, a, a big thing. I, I, you know, Dead Ringers, uh, the dentist, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Vampire's Kiss. Just all these movies where they just like just duck out and just go you know, bananas. <laughs> you could really do a Dead Ringers, uh, the dentist double feature. Really, when it comes to like medical professionals with really shady ethics. Um, he, now we, we, we get a scene of like this, uh, that young girl, uh, the teenager who, uh, Mark Ruffalo skeeves on, um, this, uh, this, this bit actually, I kind of liked, uh, he's chasing, uh, the dentist is chasing her and he yells, uh, you can't hide, not from your dentist, which like, all right, sure. I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> and you know, he corners her with the thing and he's going to kill her. And then she promises to floss three times a day. And he's like, wait, really? And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, and no candy. And she's like, I love that he's about to kill her, and she's holding out on no candy. Like, uh, yeah, she's sure, like, sure, sure, sure. No come candy. on. Well, I mean, this is the thing that I've always been frustrated with about the dentist is like, I would rather we just all have a gentleman's agreement that <laughs> I'm not going to do well flossing, and you're just going to clean my teeth. <laughs> and yeah. If I come in enough times, we'll just be good with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Quincy, hello. Hello. How easy would you say it is to uh, have a website that anybody looks at without you directly putting it in front of them? Well, as someone who is trying to build a website solely for the tie-in rap for Maniac Cop 2, it's pretty <laughs> difficult. It's pretty hard to get web traffic. Yeah, you really have to put the Maniac Cop 2 tie-in rap in people's hands, you know, physically going door-to-door to try to get them, you know, to, to, to learn about it. Um, but apparently there is a better way. Uh, Quincy, are you familiar with Little Business Library? No, tell me more. Let me inform you. They uh, are a website that helps promote uh, your business. Uh, you get a 30-day free trial, um, and it's only $4 billed every month. And what they'll do is they will promote your business. They will... Uh, promote your portfolio, uh, they will get your name out there, which I think is pretty nice. Yeah, that's incredible uh, because it is exhausting to self-promote 24-7. Oh, it truly is. So you're going to want to go to littlebusinesslibrary.com. Uh, and again, they uh, you can cancel at any time uh, and they uh, will work with you to get the most out of your business, especially if that business involves uh, selling bootlegged VHS tapes out the back of your car. No longer. <laughs> No longer. You can have Little Business Library distribute your bootlegged copy of Pumpkinhead 2 Bloodwings. <laughs> <laughs> so go, uh, guys, go check out uh, littlebusinesslibrary.com and make it happen. Yeah, like, don't, I, you know. Listener, yeah. Dear listeners, I have very bad teeth. <laughs> I mean, same. That's that's exactly what it is, actually. is like it's, it's essential to me that when I go into the dentist, they're not like, uh-oh, someone hasn't been flossing. Like, when I go in... You are my priest in that moment, and I need you to have some fucking bedside manner and not, like, roast me for not flossing or brushing three times a day. Okay, Ryan, explain this to me. Mm-hmm. 
to unwind after a long day, I watch dental uh, descaling videos where they take the, <laughs> the pressure washer and, like, pressure wash, like, a decade of tartar off of some poor fool's mouth. Nice. Oh, that's that sounds satisfying, like, watching flooring videos where they, like, clean wood with a pressure washer. Oh, it's it's very good. Everyone <laughs> go watch these videos. They're super good. Give, give those people your uh, ad dollars. Um but I find this movie entirely repulsive. Why is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this movie is entirely repulsive. I think it's because, like, um, a big part of it for me is the camera work because of how much it, like, uh, simulates the feeling of a dentist leaning in close to your face. Uh, where it's, like, a lot of sort of overhead shots of somebody just, like, leering over the camera and people, like, a lot of tight close-ups. Uh, and it's effective. It does make me feel like I'm at the dentist's office, but also that is not a fun fucking experience, Brian. Like, maybe I don't want to get leered at by Corbin Burnson. Uh, this this movie is genuinely repulsive. Uh, I do like that he lets the, the kid go when she promises not to eat candy and runs away. Um and then obviously he he goes he gets arrested for doing all doing all those murders. And uh, then we find out that this whole time he's been talking to no one. No one. Yeah, no, he's been talking to nobody at the psych ward, uh but then he hallucinates his wife whose grill he fucked up like torturing him with a dentist chair. Hey, the movie The Dentist, what the fuck are you doing? Like <laughs> This is meaningless. What are we doing? It means Uh, absolutely nothing. This came out the same year as goddamn Scream. That is (laughs) entirely insane to me. I don't, it's, it's, it's just, it's just bad. But also, Um, in some ways, it really knows what side of the bread it's buttered on. Because mm -hmm. it did not need to do anything except haunt our entire generation's psyche in blockbusters which is oh. what it did and did very successfully absolutely like i, I still remember that poster uh, this was actually on uh, as we've talked about before on the podcast that uh that vhs tape that i had when i was a kid uh, boogie men which was just like a youtube uh like sort of top 10 best horror kills compilation uh one of them was the dentist and it was just the scene of him yanking his wife's teeth out um, that's not a boogeyman. That's a mean dentist. Like, you can't... I refuse... Sorry, sorry. If you have a DDS, I, I refuse to accept you as a boogeyman. Uh, he... <laughs> this was also around the period, I feel like, when... Uh, you could also do a double feature with this and, like, Dr. Giggles. Um, oh, yeah. Which occupies a similar place for me with, like, again, movie rentals and, like, sort of straight-to-video straight occupation horror, like Ice Cream Man or whatever, uh... Like there's there's stuff about this movie I like. Um, the performances are good. Yeah, believe it or not, I think Corbin, um, not Corbin Dallas, that's, Corbin Burton. Uh... Oh, Corbin, <laughs> Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah, he's. I I keep thinking of him as. And now I'm just thinking of Baron Corbin like leering over me with like Corbin Burton. <laughs> yeah. So the, he does well. Now it's stupid what he's doing because it's just <laughs> badly written. But he's committing to the bit. Yeah, yeah. Is it stupid? Absolutely. Does he accomplish it? Absolutely. He <laughs> he gets it. He gets the job done. Um, but yeah, like this movie, I mean, like Ken Faree as the... Is it Faree or Faree? I 
think it's Foray. We probably should have checked this before we wrote, committed this to an audio medium. I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's fine. Uh, but he plays a cop in this movie, and he's just the fucking greatest. Like, I, Ken Foray is one of those big, like, now we're talking actors for me, where they, they pop up in a thing, and then my ears perk up like a Border Collie's. Uh, but, like, the script, it doesn't really know what it wants to say about anything, which is fine. Like, I don't need fucking scathing, like, socio-political commentary from the movie The Dentist or anything. Uh, but, you know, what this movie does with, like, w- what this movie does, which is dental torture, it does real well. The, the, the sound design in this is pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's, it's very effective in that. Yeah. So where do you want to put this on our list? We have another oral torture movie at 5.11, Luna de Miel, Oof. where that guy funnels acid into that woman's mouth. God damn. This is... Oh, I'm, I'm scrolling uh, much farther up the list than Luna de Miel. <laughs> like, I would... You know what? I would watch The Dentist again. I would rather shave my eyeballs with a rock than watch Luna de Miel ever, ever again. <laughs> um, that, was, that was excruciating. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Ryan, yeah, is the dentist better than Spooky Buddies at number four thirty three? All right, so we're 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 the question we're asking is is the dental torture movie better or worse than the kids movie where they're sacrificing puppy souls to Satan? Yeah, um, and also where Satan is defeated by dog farts. Yeah, by a dog farting out the fumes from a human eyeball. Like it's <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm giving the edge to Spooky Buddies, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Uh, that movie made me yell so many times in a way that was fun, in a way that yelling during The Dentist was just like, oh, don't, don't do, ah, oh, Jesus. Like, the Dentist is joyless, I think. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Like, even the score, we didn't get, you know, like with, uh, with a reanimator or something. There's a joy there, at least on like a like an acting level and a score level. That's a movie that's having fun. This movie is just grim and uncomfortable, and it it's it's not a it's not a fun time. And maybe it's not meant to be like a dental romp or something. But I Even I would want to give the edge to Spooky Just added bars. some some you know fun in the score. I think a couple of like you know tuba. Oh, you know, I was watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure last night, and just the fact that Danny Elfman's full on, let's do the Oompa Oompa tuba (laughs) in the score. He's just like, fuck it. It's a comedy, it's it's clown shit. (laughs) And he like commits to that. Yeah, you know, this movie could have done something like that, some some slide whistle, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're ripping out somebody's incisors with pliers. Maybe, yeah, I'm, I'm down for some oompas. Get a fucking tuba in the mix. Now we're talking. Like, yeah, that's what it is. There's no whimsy in this at all. And it's a, I mean, look, look, this isn't Martyrs. Like, this is a movie about a killer dentist. Like, <laughs> why is it taking itself so goddamn seriously? Uh, so for that reason, I'm, I'm giving the edge to Spooky Buddies. However, um, at number 435, we have Jaws 3D, uh, which has, I think, one of my favorite shots of an entirely stationary shark drifting very, very, very slowly toward a glass pane and then breaking it. Um, <laughs> I think, all right, so between Jaws 3D and Spooky Buddies, or not Spooky Buddies, excuse me, 
between Jaws 3D and The Dentist, I want to give the edge to The Dentist just because, like, Jaws 3D is incompetent in the way that The Dentist is like, I know that talented filmmakers made this. I know that they made me, like, garbage, but I know that this was made by talented filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. And above that is Jaws 2. And even though we're splitting up the Jawses, I think it would be fair to put the dentist between Jaws 2 and Jaws 3D. Yeah, because Jaws 2, like, it's always... Every time I watch it, it's always better than I remember it. And also you've got Brody, and he's still doing stuff, and it's fun, at least. Like, it's basically just the first movie, but not as good. Uh, But not as good as Jaws is, like, most of the movies on our list. So, yeah. in, in fact, yes, Jaws is very high on the list. So yeah. that is, in fact, most of the movies. <laughs> so, yeah, so I feel pretty good about that. So coming in at our new number 435 above Jaws 3D, but below Jaws 2, also very tooth centric movies, is The Dentist from 1996. Uh, Real let's, toothsome time we've had. I tell you what, a, a tooth and a half. Uh, the, so the second movie we're doing is The Dentist 2 which takes place uh, two years after uh, the events of the movie The Dentist. And it it's... And Corbin Burnson is reprising his role, albeit he's a little long in the tooth. Ah, God damn it. But... God damn it. He, yeah, I mean, he's... I don't know, like, Cor- Baron, Baron... Not Baron Corbin, excuse me, Corbin, Corbin Burnson... Uh, he, this poor that, guy, like... I mean, he's not exactly in the Pantheon, is he? Like, no. Doug Bradley and, like, Robert Englund are not waving him over at, like, HorrorCon to come and, like, talk shop or whatever. Um, and he... So I don't at the, think he's even getting, like, a nod from uh, the girl from Frankenhooker. Like, no. I don't think he's even getting that recognition. Man. And also, by the way, that's a we should definitely do Frankenhooker at some point on this podcast. Oh, for sure. Um, God, what a great movie. Uh, but so Al, uh, Alan Finestone is in a maximum security mental hospital, uh, which is where he's been cooling his heels since the events of the first movie. Um, he breaks out and decides to go on the lamb. Um and he, at this point, the movie is trying to give us some kind of pathos for Dr. Finestone, where it's like, oh no, you know, like, the the man that did all of those things. That's, you know, it's almost like a Psycho 2 thing, where it's him being like, no, that's not me, I didn't want to do those things. And it's like, shut up, you're the dentist from the movie The Dentist. Like, I don't need, I don't need this, like, oh no, am I a monster or a man thing from him. He He's the dental torture guy. Um, and so he uh, fucks off and like moves to like the Pacific Northwest or something, and everything starts over again because he uh, gets a medical practice. Now we do get motherfucking Clint Howard uh, in this movie, as well as uh, Wendy Roby, who uh, played Nadine on Twin Peaks. And w- the problem with this movie is that it wastes a Wendy Roby performance, and that to me is unforgivable. Like she's fantastic. Like in people under the stairs as the as the evil mom. It's yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm a little salty about it. Uh, but so it's basically the same shit as the first movie with the dental torture and the uh, just mal- malpractice. Um, 
It's malpractice, the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Now, the thing is, there is a dentist in this movie that I can't believe I'm citing with Dr. Finestone over. He comes to this little small town and he like quickly becomes like a beloved pillar of the community. Uh, by uh, what he does is that he kills the shit out of the dentist in this town who is just a bad dentist. Um, who is just like really shoddy in his work and he's really rude and uh, I resent citing with... Uh, Dr. Finestone over this chucklehead, uh, but he kills him and basically he's like starts dating this woman and then we get back into the thing of like, oh yes, that theme from the dentist, getting cucked. Um, <laughs> and it starts all over again where, you know, he starts dating this this woman in this town, but then, you know, she's got a, an old friend who, uh, uh, you know, is kind of flirting with her and he's like, am I going to kill again? And the answer is yes. Um there is Lots. now, yeah, yeah. Now there is a cool thing about the ending of this movie where um, he gets uh, a nail gun fired into his face repeatedly, um, and he just is his face is fucked up, and he like stumbles out into uh, a surprise welcome party being given by the townspeople with a face full of nails, which is fun. Um, his wife does his uh, wife does come back to try to kill him. So that's his fine. wife. His wife. The thing is, this movie does this like previously on the dentist thing. That's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, if I'm at a video rental store and I'm picking up the dentist too, I fucking assure you, the events of the first movie do not matter to me. <laughs> exactly. Also, the dentist too, in typical sequel fashion. Uh, it makes me think a lot of the box for Jack Frost too. Oh where, yeah, uh, they they really up the ante. the uh, The box for the dentist too on VHS is just this woman with like jagged metal sticking out of her mouth instead of teeth. Yeah, which also looks like the. It makes me think of the cover of like Return of the Living Dead three a little bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's. Yeah, now, uh, you know, those uh, those occupation horror movies like Dentist, uh, Snowman, Ice Cream Man, like, it's, I don't know why, like, it feels like a very Charles Band production thing to me. Yeah, it's, and, you know, to be fair, this is the peak of Charles Band's uh, whole Full Moon Features is doing great in the video store, so it would make sense oh, yeah. that everyone's just kind of ripping and, and riffing on that formula yeah and especially if your movie is about an evil dentist again you know you don't have to have a huge fucking budget for that um but he somehow escapes and drives off into the night laughing maniacally with a face full of nails uh and he picks out now i do i did think this was kind of cool he picks out one of the nails and starts using it to pick his teeth uh using it as a toothpick for the cap that he lost on his tooth when he was fighting with the the lady that has ever met another man and must die for it uh and yeah and it, like this movie it's deeply 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 inessential um i don't know like i feel like medical torture movies i feel like it was just this one and then not a lot else and then like the the hostel and saw movies started doing it yeah and and that's where we started clutching our pearls about um torture porn and all that but really right. um the dentist walked so eli roth <laughs> could run <laughs> yeah like this movie i mean 
I guess this is a fun time for people is watching the dental torture. Um, there are a couple of things that I like about this movie. Uh, like, again, the performances are fine. And also the, the sweet, sweet face of Clint Howard showing up. I'm always going to pop for that. Um, but yeah, no, this movie is like house to the second story levels of just like, all right, I guess like we could make that. Um, looking at our list, uh, scrolling down a little bit. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. At number 502, we have Necromantic 2, uh, which was the, if we're going with sequels, the sequel to Necromantic, the movie that featured explicit necrophilia. Now I would Um, also... I can't believe I'm coming to bat for Necromantic 2. <laughs> uh, both movies do, like, recycle the the last 30 minutes of the previous feature. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I would argue that Necromantic 2 is doing something essential. Yeah. Um, I think that essential thing is talking about corpse fucking, but <laughs> for some reason it feels like it matters more well the filmmakers did a very brave thing which was that they saw a need and were like somebody needs to make the, the corpse fucking movie right yep somebody's got to do it and they rolled up their sleeves and they took that bullet and god bless them for it they <laughs> they saw a need and they they did what had to be done and then they good made old yorg <laughs> <laughs> yeah and at least like necromantic 2 you know there's sort of a fun conversation around that where it's like oh shit those that's the corpse fucking movie Nobody at like if you're at a horror convention and someone is like, "Hey, the dentist too, huh?" Like that's not you don't want to talk about the dentist too with anyone. Um, it's yeah, and and again, it's sort of capital F fine. I've seen a lot worse movies, uh, but I'm giving the edge to Necromantic too. I think uh, looking down a little bit, um, Quincy at number five hundred and six, we have The Crow, City of Angels. Uh, which is the the bad one of the like one of the really really bad crow sequels? You I can't s- call it the bad crow. Sequel. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's yeah yeah that's w- Wicked Prayer. Although at least Wicked Prayer we got David Boreanaz doing like cartwheels in front of the camera and screaming at the top of his lungs. So that's you know that's not for nothing. Um, well, the Crow City of Angels. I feel like this is definitely better than that. Yeah, the the Crow City of Angels is like a fugue state of a movie. Every time I put it on, I do not remember what happens in it. That's because it's meaningless. Yeah, exactly. Like your brain just like fa- it blue screen of death instantly. Uh, it's it's a completely useless movie. Where at least with the dentist too, you can kind of go, oh, all right. Well, I guess Brian Yuzna's still doing this. That's fun. Uh, so I, I want to give the edge to the dentist too. Right above uh, the Crow City of Angels is that Hulu Books of Blood thing. That was uh, garbage, and I hate it with my whole heart because it had nothing to do with anything Clive Barker would want to make a it thing was about. Very bad. It was that. Let's not forget that's the movie where uh, the nurse keeps people alive under the floor and in the walls, mm-hmm. which is like could have been interesting in some way, and it just wet fart. Um, so I'm giving the edge to the dentist too, but. Right above Books of Blood at 504 is The Nun from 2018, which, for me, also big fugue state, this is meaningless. <laughs> like, yeah, there there is a scene in that movie where a church falls into a volcano, and that's about all I've got for you. <laughs> I even forgot about that. Well, okay, that's not for nothing, at least. Church falling into a volcano, that's fun. Um, but yeah, so I feel good about um, putting... Uh, 
putting the dentist to above the nun, but above that is Felidae, which was that scary German cartoon with the cats fucking and murdering each other. Yeah, uh, and, and those those foot cats are pretty great. It's great. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want to rewatch Felidae. Like that movie. It's it's like if that uh, Little Nemo movie got made by perverts. Like it's <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, so I feel good about that. So coming in at our new number 504 above the nun and below Felidae is The Dentist 2 from 1998. Uh, folks, these movies. Uh, well, at the time of recording, they are on Shutter. So. I guess if you want to have a really bullshit Thursday night, go and double feature the dentist <laughs> movies. Uh, but yeah, you know, again, uh, Corbin Bernstein, Bernstein, Baron Corbin, Cor- Baron Bo- Baron Bornstein, Corbin he's fu- Bernson. <laughs> like he's 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 fine, I guess, but I I totally understand why he's not on like novelty Spencer Spencer gifts T-shirts with like the jigsaw puppet and Captain Spaulding or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so Quincy, where can our listeners find us on the internet? Our listeners can find us on our podcast uh, networks page, falcianonsense.com. They can also find us on social media, at Rick and Vile on Instagram and at Rick and Vilecast on uh, Twitter. Uh, they can also drop us a line at rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we, guys, we love hearing from you. We love the community. Uh, the Discord is always popping. Uh, we, yeah, thank thank you so much for for supporting the show. Um, also, uh, don't don't forget that if there are any movies that you think may have slipped our radar or that you know we we haven't seen that you think that we maybe should talk about for the show or just you know just to just to watch, just, it's just nice. Uh, yep, yeah, you're gonna want to send that to uh, rankandvilecast at gmail dot com. Uh, but and also don't forget we have a patreon um, believe it or not and there's tons of really good bonus episodes where Ryan and I talk about how much we love sly Stallone. <laughs> yeah yeah really it's our passion project actually is on the sly uh, the, the <laughs> Sylvester Stallone podcast so yeah go go check that out but yeah barring that that is about all I've got you got anything else stay spooky later folks.